Welcome to episode 241 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here as always. And this week we've got Scott Bond and Gary Wofford of Outlaw Devils joining us. I'm pumped. I'm psyched. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, we got a good long interview with both of them about what they're working on and the music they've got coming. We've also got a song from them here as well. Some other music too. But before we get into that, we need to let you know that we are sponsored by MedFarm and DEB Concerts. MedFarm is a dispensary located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma at 24683 East Highway 51. They've got a huge selection. Get in there, check them out. If you need to get your medical card, they've also got a doctor on site every Friday and Saturday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And if you tell them that Thunder Underground sent you, they'll give you 10% off your order, which is really cool. They're always offering other discounts on products, so if you follow them on social media, you won't miss that. MedFarm, that's P-H-A-R-M, on Facebook, Instagram, MedFarmOK. Their website is MedFarmOK.com, and their slogan is Cannabis with a Cause, because 30% of their proceeds are going to build no-kill animal shelters right here in Oklahoma. Right? That's awesome. Yeah, that's badass. They're getting close, too. They've already bought land and a building and now they're just working on getting it set up so looking forward to that here in 2020 and also here i saw here in just a couple weeks december 15th is their one year anniversary nice nice and they've been a sponsor of our of us for almost that whole time they started beginning of january of this year so huge thank you to them for that yeah very appreciative honored of course also deb concerts Longtime sponsor here of our podcast, who we love. They keep bringing in kick-ass concerts to downtown Tulsa and to Rocklahoma and to the BOK Center. Well, that's downtown Tulsa, but most, IDL. Yeah, most of the shows. IDL are, BOK Center. Yeah, most of the shows at the yeah. IDL. But we mentioned the BOK because they brought in Snoop Dogg and Nelly this past spring, which is really cool. It's not shabby. Yeah, to see them bringing in that level of. That's right. Artists to an arena level. So hopefully we see more of that in 2020. But the IDO is their specialty. Great venue downtown. And they've brought in all kinds of stuff like Saxon, Junkyard, LA Guns, Kicks, Warrant, Steelheart, Dockin, Striper, Winger, Tom Kiefer, Sebastian Bach, Bisto Blanco. A great last in line recently. A great list of people, and they keep bringing in great bands. And also, they have been booking the DNB processing stage in the Roadhouse section of Rocklahoma the last two years. And that announcement with the whole Rocklahoma lineup will be coming soon, which will include all the bands that are playing the Roadhouse stage, which is included in the past Slaughter, Bisto Blanco, Ace Freely, Lita Ford, Solidify. Rocket Science, The Normandies, Poster Child, Zen Hipster, and just many more. So we're looking forward to all that coming up soon for Rocklahoma 2020, which is Memorial Day weekend. And we'll tell you all about that when we find out. But huge thank you to DB Concerts, and they'll have more announcements coming soon. I can't wait. Hell yeah. So before we get into anything, let's let's just play some new music. What do let's you think do about it. that? Yeah. So there's a new band called Silverthorn. Okay. 
which features Brian Titchy on drums. Awesome. If you've listened to rock music for longer than 30 goddamn years, I'd say longer than a week in your life, you've likely heard a song or you've probably been to a show that this man was the drummer for. Exactly. And here's something like I was going to ask you, you know, when you told me about, hey, we're going to do this and play this song and this and that and the other. I went to this band. I just wanted to know. I have known, you know, Brian Teach. I've known that name for years. So I just kind of wanted to see what this band was like. But then I'm like thinking, can I, what is Brian Teachy from? Like, what can I name them all? And I don't know that you can. <laughs> I mean, I know the ones that pop off, that just pop up into my head, excuse me. Um, you know, White Snake, Pride and Glory. Um, and it, and I like, it's like, it's like one of those things where there's so much, you just can't even think of it. Yeah. It's like when you watch Billy on the Street. And he runs up to people and says, name three black people when people can't do it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what? Exactly. You know, Why'd you got to go to that? You, I got, you, what the, what? Why'd you have to go to black people? Because that's one of the things he does. I know. I'm just kidding. Girls right say, now. name three white girls or name three Jewish people. You know what it's And like, no one can. And it's like so easy when you're yes. not put on the spot, you know? Which, by the way, that show is fucking amazing. Yeah, I love that uh, it's on Netflix so I can finally like exactly. binge this, which I've been doing. Uh, 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 Billy Eichner is a fucking genius. I love that show. Anyways, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I that don't, was a tangent if there ever was. Yeah, no Anyways, shit. Um, but yeah, I mean, fucking Billy Idol. Bill, see, I, I, oh, god damn, I totally forgot about that. Uh, what and one that's up there for me, pretty high. Slash the Snake Pit. That's yeah, he was in that. Wasn't he White Lion? Was that? Mm, well, who was the drummer for White Lion? God damn, put me on the spot. Wasn't it like? Maybe it was, because I remember thinking that night you say that Pride and yeah, Glory I, I was mean, half a white line with Zach Wild. Yeah. I mean, I don't... Maybe it, not. It, it's just vast, the the artists that he has played drums for. He was and, even in Dead Daisies for a bit. Yes, he was. Yeah. And he's the only drummer I know of to have a fucking speed bag on his drum set. Oh, yeah. So he can, like, hit the speed bag with one hand and play drums with the other. That's right. So, but we, you know, he's he's at this new band, and this is a great fucking song, it's just real, it's meat potatoes, just genuine, uh, you know, mature rock and roll. And I really, I really enjoy it. Yeah, let's check it out. It's called Tear the Sky Wide Open.
Tear the Sky Wide Open, a new track from the brand new band Silverthorn. That's a three-piece. They've got another song out that you can check out called Black River Rising, and they have an EP coming soon. Not sure on the date on that yet, but it should be here in the next couple months, I assume. And yeah, like you said, that's. I mean, it's good. It's got that kind of dark, the groove and the lyrical content, you know, yeah. is like in that kind of audio slave or Tremani vibe where it's dark, but it also has like big melodies and harmonies going yeah. on as well. Yeah. And I just really dug that. There's nothing corny or schlocky. There's no old dudes with like, you know, embroidered fucking jeans and fucking worn <laughs> uh, star shit. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's stripped down. It's just natural. Uh, you know, it's no frills. And I really dig that. Yeah, so check out Silverthorn, follow them on Facebook, look them up. They've got a video for that song as well. All right, is there anything we need to talk about before we get into the Outlaw Devils? Well, there's one thing I heard, which you it just popped up in my head that I heard earlier today, but it was, it was Frank Hannon was on Eddie Trunk, but this is like back in, on Wednesday of last week. Okay. I don't know if you heard it, but you know, you, you've really got your pulse on the, you've got your finger on the pulse of Tesla more than I do. But he said the, he said that the, the tour rumor, it's funny. He put himself in the rumor <laughs> for, for the, for the summer is Alice Cooper, Lita Ford and Tesla. Wow. So that, that's a, that's cool. He, Frank Hannon said the rumor is. Yeah, he goes, okay. what's funny, like he, he always says some shit like, I always say stuff and then I get in trouble. And I don't know why my manager's listening, but, well, the rumor is <laughs> Alice Cooper, Tesla, and Lita Ford. Wow. <laughs> so, t- you know, take that, you know. Right. Uh, do with that what you will, sir. <laughs> well, hey, I hope that happens. And, yeah, and I heard that the fourth band on the Motley Crue, Poison, Def Leppard thing is Joan Jett. Okay. Um, Where'd that come from? I can't tell you. Oh, okay. <laughs> it might be somebody we know like that has like an, like an inside track. Oh, gotcha. Oh, um, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, and who knows if that's, I don't know. I, I have a hard time thinking that Joan Jett would be like, hey, I'm not going on. Uh, I'm not going on before Poison. So fix that shit. So who knows? I don't know. Well, I don't know. To me, I mean, it it fits. And, it, it does but it, fit. But and to I'm me, sure it's not, if they put enough zeros there, she'll go on whenever the fuck they tell her to. Right. But to me, that's not, like, really who I would have thought that would be the fourth band on a bill like yeah, that. me too. But, hey, I it agree. works. Yeah, it works. So, and, you know, Poison has that countdown thing on their website to, like, Wednesday at noon or something. Yeah. So, so, you know, that has to be the announcement of the whole thing. So Yeah, so right when this... Episodes coming out shortly after. Yeah, we'll know. Shortly that, so, after that, yeah. we'll know. But we're recording this obviously before that, so exactly. So I don't. know. You got anything else? No. Okay. Well, I thought you know I always have things, but then I don't write them down. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm the same <laughs> way, dude. I'm the same way. Yeah. I, I know that. I know that it's getting towards the end of the year, and I'm really not looking forward to having to compile the top twenty, top nineteen, whatever the fuck shit of. 19 that's gonna that's gonna hurt yeah it's but i'm waiting i think it's surprisingly i mean this year's got a lot of great music yeah i i it's gonna i'm gonna have hard. a lot more definites yeah um but i'm waiting for uh 
Jamie Josta's record is, I think, comes out the 13th of December. Yeah. And I'm going to wait for that to start. I think, you know, I, I think I'm like, well, it would be easy to do that and not have a bunch like at the end where I'm like, who do I put in here? But then more stuff came out here recently that's kind of making it tough. Like yeah. Agnostic Front is great. Oh, no kidding. And Michael Monroe is great. So it's like, mm-hmm. that's just adding to it. Yeah, I agree. So it, it's it's like, um, that Child Bites the same kind of way for me and, and Haunt and, uh, not Haunt, excuse me, Hysteria. Uh, those records really grabbed me late in the game. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, I don't know what it's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. And the, and the other thing is there's, you know, I need to go back. Like I started the list, you know, early on and then kind of dropped off a bit, but there's albums that I liked when they came out and then kind of didn't listen to again, like white snakes album. And I listened mm-hmm. to it last week and I'm like, this is fucking great. Yeah. And so it's like, I'll probably have to there, revisit a few albums that shit just to check. Was, yeah, sorry. Now, yeah, there's all that shit that came out at the beginning of the year that I kind of forgot about, like Evergrey or Inglorious. And I'm like, well, fuck, those records are great. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not a huge Dream Theater fan, but I really enjoyed that new record because it was like shorter and it was funner to listen to. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where it's going to go. Yeah. So, I mean, I know my number one is probably still my number one, so... Yeah, I know the I know my top like four or five I think yeah. off the top of my head, but I'm sure that there's something I'm forgetting. But anyway, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, we could go on and on. We won't do that. I right mean, now. here we're a few days into December, so I mean, you'll be hearing what we got here probably one less than a month. Obviously, mm-hmm. probably be that last week. Yeah, of the year because New Year's is on a Wednesday, so maybe if we pop it out on the thirtieth or something, you'll find out. Right. But yeah, so we've got that coming. We've still got that Vanilla Ice interview coming. I know Jason's chomping I'm, at the bit to hear that thing oh since God. he wasn't there. Let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I am. I am. I, I am really stoked that you and Thrasher had a great time at that. Right. I am very happy for you guys. But we've also got two or three other things in the works that yes, you know, aren't. Haven't happened yet, but should be happening here in the next couple of weeks. So we'll have some other good stuff coming here in December in the beginning of 2020 as well. But in the meantime, what we do have for definite is Outlaw Devils. And before we get into this, we're going to play their new song as well. It actually came out probably about a month ago. This is their first single off the album that they're currently working on. This is called All Time High. Yeah. 
Devils. That's their debut song off their forthcoming debut album. They're currently right in the middle of recording that thing. They've been doing that for the past month or so and they've still got a bit to go and you're, and you're going to hear all about that here coming up very shortly. Got the chance to go over to the studio area where they're recording this thing with Mr. Sid Falk. Yeah, yeah, of Overkill fame. Yeah. He was actually on this ep- this podcast way early on. Way back. Yeah, and I believe it was episode 22, 23, something like that. It was a two-part episode. Two-parter. And it was a great one. Talked yeah. about all kinds of great stuff, but that's been, wow, over four years ago now. That's insane, isn't yeah. it, when you think about it? And now he is producing the Outlaw Devils album, and Scott and Gary talk all about working with him and all about how this band came together, what they've got going on and all that great stuff. I think we should just jump into this now? Yeah, just roll the thing. All right, here's Scott Bond and Gary Wofford of Outlaw Devils. Said, you know, it's like, uh, I guess we're recording in Tulsa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's so. kind of one of my questions. Like, well, I figured that was the decision to make Tulsa. 
Yeah, well, and he, he moved from here. Houston to here. Okay. I used to live here, like, my entire life, like, 88. Yeah, he moved, he left in 88, and I left in 89. Okay. We were actually in a band together, 81, long time ago. Mm-hmm. And then we both went separate directions, and we actually crossed each other twice overseas. Uh, once in Italy and once in Kosovo. But we, I mean, we crossed ships in the freaking night. Didn't know the other oh, one was even there. Yeah. Just found out later yeah, on. Yeah, found out after he got back. And so, well, when he moved, because you spent, what, 18 years? Yeah. In Italy. And then another two in the Army, so almost 20. Almost 20 years. So, but yeah, it, uh, when he moved back to the States, you know, we kind of reconnected is when we found out. And he was in Houston, and when he decided to move back to Tulsa, because I didn't know anybody in the music business until in Houston. You know, I know some club owners and shit down there, but that's it. I mean, I don't know anybody else. And I know ass loads of people here. I know more people here than I do in Dallas, and I've been in <laughs> Dallas 30 years. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, the music, the music scene in Dallas has changed so much from what it was when I first moved there, you know, I mean, I moved there because I couldn't make any more money here, and now I can't make any money there, you know, so, and that's why I went to touring overseas and shit, and doing the hired gun shit, and the country tours, and all that shit, you can't make any money in Dallas either now, so, it's like, oh, fuck, I guess I'm, you know, if I want to keep fucking playing drums, I better figure out something to do, because, you know, playing local ain't working. You mentioned you guys thirty years ago. Now you're what? What was it that brought you back together at this point, and in hooking up with the other two guys? Those uh, mortgage payments. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's uh, you know, we still got to pay the bills, so uh, we got to do something. But uh, you know, like I said, you know, I always liked the way that that, that he wrote back in the day, and. And I figured that he hadn't lost that ability. Uh, so we had been talking for, you know, a couple of years uh, online about doing something. And when he decided to move back, it was like, okay, well, it's it's time at this point. And uh, so he and I started, and we're still writing all the material for the album. Uh, of course, the, the single is out uh, on DSN Music. Uh, the next single will be coming out probably right after the first of the year. Uh, it's it's almost done. But, uh, you know, it was, I wanted to do something. You know, Death Grip wasn't, you know, it's on indefinite hiatus. Uh, and I had been in a, about a year and a half long MS relapse uh, to where I spent 90% of my time in bed. Uh, and I was kind of coming out of that, uh, new medications, new treatments. And so it was, it was time, you know, to, to make something happen. And, uh, uh, my bass player from rough justice, Rob Tate is, is with us here in this band. And he was moving back from Arizona. He'd been out, out there for a year or so. So it was like, all right, well, you know, I'm going to call Rob and see if, you know, he wants what he thinks about doing, you know, a new project. And, of course, he was, 
he was ready to go. <laughs> you know, and all I had to do was go, hey, dude, you want it? Yeah. You know, and that's that's about how quick that happened. But uh, it took us a little longer to find to find our second guitar player, lead vocalist, because me personally, uh, and Gary agreed when we sat down and talked about it. We didn't want we didn't want a singer that just sang. We wanted you know we wanted to go with kind of the classic Kiss lineup. We wanted a four piece. We wanted our you know we wanted a singer to play guitar. We wanted that's kind of what we were looking toward. And, uh, you know, we talked to a lot of different people and got uh, quite a few different uh, demos in, but nothing nothing really, you know, nothing, because we run everything in front of Sid, and nothing really stood out to any of us. And My old uh, bass player from Rough Justice years and years ago in, in the 90s, had introduced me to a singer that he had used to work with back in the day. And uh, we'd talked online a couple times, hadn't actually met him yet. But uh, I thought, hmm, I wonder what I wonder what Jerry's doing, you know. So I contacted Jerry and said, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what, you know, that could be something you'd be interested in doing. So we sent him the the scratch tracks, and he, you know, demoed a vocal track back. And we were like, hmm. We just kind of all sat around looking at each other <laughs> for a day, and then uh, went, you know what? This, I think this is what we're looking for. So uh, we brought him up, uh, oh, it was just a couple of weeks after we decided to, to go ahead and bring him on, and basically told him we'll do the single and uh if that works out then you know we'll all get together and look and see if this is something all four of us want to do going forward and uh he did such a good job on the single it was a, it was a no-brainer for us all to go yeah let's let's do this so he fits really well he's got a he's a very eccentric personality uh which you probably noticed on the video you know he's kind of kind of different, and we can say that uh, that's the G-rated version of that. Uh, he's special. Yeah, he's special. Uh, and it's and and the reason we say that is because he's just crazy. He's a nasty motherfucker. Of course, he's a nasty motherfucker. And uh, they call me Nasty G for nothing. You know his nickname was Nasty G. And, you know, Jerry's nickname was, was Jay Nasty, the long before they ever met. Uh, and I'm a drummer, so we already know I'm different. Uh, and Rob, he's just, you know, Rob the Butcher's Tate. You know, he ended that's <laughs> where he ended up with that nickname. He's a bass player. He's a bass player. <laughs> so, but, uh, so yeah, it's been, uh, you know, we've been, uh, We've been here in the studio. We actually started recording October 1st is when we started, you know, actually recording the whole album. Uh, and then the first single was released at like 12.05 in the morning, Halloween, which was a, you know, was a calculated thing from the, from the label. That's what they, that's what they wanted to do. So, and uh, it's the same label that uh, Death Grip is with. So, uh, 
I contacted Glenn there at the label and, you know, kind of told him what I had in mind. He's like, yeah, you know, put it together, you know, send us, send it to us and we'll, and, you know, we'll see what happens. And, uh, so I sent him the demos and he took it, uh, you know, into, into the, uh, the boardroom, into the, the meeting and come back and said, yeah, everybody fucking loves it. You know, let's go. I'm like, shit. Okay. And so here's, you know, call Scott, who is their A&R director, uh, for DSN. And he'd give me all the contract information and, you know. I could go through percentages and shit with him and we could work out, you know, what we wanted to do. And so that's, that's, that's how we ended up back at, at DSN. So it's, uh, you know, it's been a good partnership for us so far. It's probably been better for us than them, but they've, they've got a bunch of new music that's coming out. And so we're right in there with them. Well, uh, you know, you've had rough justice and death grip. What, what's different about this project, what kind of sets it apart, you think? The the main thing that sets it apart is him. Okay. Uh, just to be quite honest. Uh, and by him, I, I mean Gary. Shoes. I pointed at Gary. Uh, uh, we're, not on, we're not on video. So. There, pal. <laughs> but uh, we've been compared with all the, all the different material that we're writing. It's kind of a cross between Buck Cherry and Motorhead. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, as it's you guys, not a bad company to be in. Yeah, as you guys know, you know my last band. You know, Rough Justice was a you know a melodic hard rock band. Mm-hmm. Uh, Death Grip was more of a, a heavy edge, you know, eighties metal. You know, Judas Priest, Primal Fear kind of sound of thing. Gotcha. This is just straightforward, unapologetic Southern sleaze hard rock and roll. That's what it is. It's just, is that what you were going for? Or is that just kind of how it? That's what up? we were going for, and okay. uh, that's kind of what <clears throat> the idea was. Is we wanted to do something that I personally haven't done in a million years to just play just good solid hard rock. Uh, I've always played this. Style. Yeah, this gotcha. is this okay. is what he's done all along. Which is like I said, this is what. That's why. I contacted him and went, you know, let's let's do something because, you know, I wanted something that, and then, you know, when Jerry came in and completed that vocally and lyrically, uh, that's when it really took the life that that it's that it's ended up taking. I mean, it was all kind of a calculated thought from the beginning, but it took all four of us to end up where we're at. So. And we're, you know, just finishing the album and gonna put it out there. And you know, we're 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 writing, you know, we're writing for ourselves. Right? So, you know, uh, we're not trying to break any, you know, new ground or any, you know, we're doing what we want to do and what we love to do as a band. And we just hope people like it. That's usually the best stuff. Well, it's, it that way, I mean. well, and it's, it's just, it's just, like I said, it's strong, unapologetic hard rock, you know, it's. If you play from the heart and the soul, it's, it's, it's natural. It doesn't come across as being fake or you're 
you're trying to do something that you're not accustomed to doing. Like my my whole writing style has been based on just straight ahead, in your face. I don't give a fuck what you think of me. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. Well, he played in several punk bands in Italy too. Yeah, so don't forget that. So you know, he's kind of got that raw. So I have that raw attitude. Uh, I'm going to go out. I'm going to give you 110% when I play. I'm going to come off stage drenched in sweat. And I'm going to grab a bottle of Jack Daniels. And I'm going to party with him. <laughs> I, I, I'm all about the party when I play. Jerry said when he first heard the, the demos, our, our singer, he said, you know, it reminds me of... Jaeger with a fireball chaser. You know, it's what he, it's what he said it reminded him of. You know, and it's, and that kind of stuck, you know. So, and it's it's just, as we put it, it's whiskey-soaked rock and roll. You know, I don't drink. He does. Jerry does. Not much Tate does. Too fucking old. <laughs> <laughs> Not from what I've seen, fucker. <laughs> Can't stand those two-day hangovers anymore. You know. <laughs> But, and I can't say I don't drink, but I drink very little, you know. Uh, one is because, you know, my medications with the MS, you know, how you, you'll you see on a medication, you'll get, you know, drink responsibly with this medication. Yeah. This is, don't drink at all, fucker, it'll kill you. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I have to be, you know, well, am I taking that med today? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you know, because I want to be here when the album comes out. Because mm-hmm. once I get all the drum tracks done... And I move into just a like a co-producing, throwing shit at people kind of thing. Uh, if I die, the drums are done, you know, so they can go on. But I'd kind of like to be around when it gets released. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's, you know the, you know the subsequent summer tour season would suck if I wasn't here. Yeah. You know, maybe not for them, but it would for me. Yeah. So, you know, the band's going. You know, shows are going to start. You know, in the summer season, whether I'm here or not. So, uh, I, I'm doing. I definitely want to be here. So. so, obviously, the plan is to get the album out before summer, or do you have yeah, it's a uh, time you're shooting for. Yeah, the label would like to have it by the end of April, uh, because it uh, that way we can kind of hit the summer concert season on with our feet in the ground and something to support, and you know, so. And we're already looking at different agencies and so forth to, to start that booking process, uh, even though we're still in the writing process. So uh, I hope to make it out to back out to Rocklahoma again this year. You know, I've missed the last two years now. I haven't played out there. Didn't play 18 or 19. So uh, obviously I'd, I've never been there. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's never even attended, let alone got to play. Uh, our singer hasn't been up there. In fact, when he came up here to do vocal tracks for the single, that's the first time he'd ever been to Oklahoma. Really? Wow. Yeah. So, like, dude, get out from under that rock every once in a while, dude. Yeah. You know, come on. But, uh, and of course, Rob played, you know, four Rocklahomas with me before. Right. Uh, so, but I know things have, have changed quite a bit since I played out there last, but, you know, the people are the same, you know, my friends and Rocklahoma family are the same that 
they're all still there and and that's what I want to go and and be a part of you know I know there's a lot of new people and a lot of new attitude and a lot of this and a lot of that but the same people that I've made you know friends over the seven times I've played there they're all still there so that's I'm gonna go out and, you know most of those people know I, I don't drink you know, so, but I'm going to be out in campground and I'm going to be going from campground to campground and I'm going to be seeing everybody. And that's, I'm going to be raiding your barbecue pit. Yeah. You know, so, but, uh, so yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be, like I said, I, ho- I hope to be, I hope to be out there this year, but that's all up to the powers that be, not so much me. Yeah. So, <clears throat> for me being an Oklahoma boy, Tulsa boy from from way back, it'd be great to be able to do something like that. Play rock and roll, be able to say that hey, I did it. And you know, speaking from a way back Oklahoma boy that did it, I can tell you that's exactly what it did. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's 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 good to be able to play something like that. You know, that large a festival that close to close to home. You know, so. It's uh, it's a good time, and that's kind of what this band's all about. You know, it's not. Uh, there's one of the things that we set out, and that, that me and Gary agreed on when we first set out and started laying the groundwork is, you know, we're not we're not taking a large production on on the road this time. Uh, you know, it's going to be based on good songs, good music, and our ability to project those songs you know uh all about entertaining you know we're not going to be you know carrying a bunch of you know flashy effects and fog machines and lighting and all this stuff and different things that you know trappings that i've been involved in in the past you know because i've always come from the you know the world of you know bigger is not best bigger is the only way to go so uh but we'll, uh, you know, it's just, it's just really a hundred percent on what we can relay to everybody with our songs and our attitude and, you know, and so far the, uh, just the response we've got from the first single so far has been, uh, that's working. That attitude's working. Uh, and uh, on one side note, the 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 room uh, in the in the rehearsal hall, the big room that uh, we got to do the performance part of the video in, no longer exists. Uh, the tornado that tore through Dallas while I was still up here uh, last month, uh, that rehearsal studio took a direct hit. Along with KNON Studios, also took a direct hit. So, uh, but that room, I've got pictures of the room uh, with part of the roof off, and you know, it's side of the building. Yeah, side of the building collapsed, and you know, that whole business park where that was took a took a direct hit. There was a there was a big tree out back uh, by the load-in door that uh, I would park my vehicle under, you know, to load in, that tree's gone. It ain't even there. (laughs) 
most of the buildings are gone. The building across the parking lot's gone. So, but as a just a bit of history, uh, when you see that video, it's no more. It's not that room ain't there. That wow. building ain't there. That's probably the last thing documented too, right? Probably one of them, yeah, because yeah. it wasn't long. Uh, you know, it was probably only maybe a little over a month from when we filmed that to when that tornado hit. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, it uh, wow. well, it was very possible we could have been the last piece of video footage filmed in that room. So, yeah, but uh, I don't know for sure, but damn close to it. Yeah. So, well, you mentioned that single. What? in the response to what's that been has been positive so far well it's been really positive yeah. uh on the label facebook page since halloween we're at uh 1.7 views on it just on the, the website facebook page uh and then on youtube uh i mean we're we're closing in on a thousand views on that and, uh, the downloads because it's a you know it's, it's available for digital download through DSN music uh, the downloads in the states have been a little slow but uh, overseas and in the European countries uh, downloads have been a whole lot better so uh, the rotation on uh, DSN's uh, the D-Rock station has been really good there yeah, it's uh, it's running about twenty two hundred. Yeah, and that was two, and and that was two weeks ago. Oh, wow. So, so yeah, their their D Rock Radio is playing the shit out of it. So, which is which is kind of cool, you know, when you when you get the report on how much your stuff's been played, and you see it was, you know, sandwiched between you know Metallica and. King Diamond, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. and it's and, it, and it's all in in its prime time rotation. You know, it's not two o'clock in the morning. You know, it's you know we're getting you know drive time in the morning and in the evening and lunch and you know we're getting a lot of airplay and it's been it's been sent out to uh, over two hundred radio stations worldwide. So I haven't got any I haven't got the reports on what it's been played. Uh, in a lot of the markets yet, because it's you know hell, it's not even Thanksgiving yet. So it's been. Uh, I won't get a full report for ninety days yeah. from Halloween. So, and we'll we'll get that quarterly report and see how well that's doing. But you know, it's uh, I've I've got quite a few friends overseas, and and I'm getting message from them going, "Hey, we heard you're single," you know on such and such today, you know, where can I get that in the UK? You know, so, you know, I'll message them, you know, well, go either go to our website or go to the label website, which you can get it, you know, uh, different download uh, places on in, in Europe and, uh, and Asia and all the different places because they're all monetized to their currency, you know, instead of having to, you know, dick with trying to, downloaded off of, you know, Amazon US or something, you know, so. It has been played on Mercury Radio in Greece. In Greece. And uh, Materiali Resistente in out of Italy. Yeah, I was going to say, what was the Italy one? But that would be more your. Yeah. 
he's a hell of an Italian cook, by the way. After spending <laughs> 20 years in Italy, this fucker makes good Italian food. I, I can vouch for that straight up. So I think I've gained well, weight. I did almost make here. it on MasterChef. So. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, almost, I almost died from a hand grenade, too. But, oh, yeah. So I'm still here. <laughs> I did a tryout in San Antonio and uh, passed the first thing, you know, the taste test. Went back to the uh, camera interview, and uh, when I get really, really nervous, I have a uh, speech impediment. I start stuttering a lot, and they started talking to me, and I just nothing was making sense. I was like, "Well, I guess I kind of blew my chance." Probably, (laughs) they said, "Thank you," (laughs) and sent me off. But yeah. I picked up some few, a few skills. I could whip out some mean pasta. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, talk about working with Sid, and and you know having a producer that's a drummer. Oh uh, Lord! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we. There's one person in the band that loves it, and three people that are kind of like, eh. yeah. Well, well we, let me tell you about Sid before before Scott gets into it. Okay. Uh, when I found out that Sid was going to be a part of this, uh, he started stutter. No, no. <laughs> my absolute favorite overkill album is Horoscope. Yeah. And the drum sound on that is, as far as I'm concerned, is one of the best drum sounds in the history of metal. When I found out he was going to be a part of this, over there. I, 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 I literally got a boner. <laughs> literally got a boner. And it's been for me seeing how he does things and how he interprets our music uh, has opened my eyes to a different way of things that have been done. I um, I've always been straightforward in my writing, not a whole lot of variation, you know, I come up with a riff, I build on the riff, uh, build up the structure, and then pass it on to the next person that's going to write the vote of the, of the words to it. And uh, he's taught me how to open my mind and try different things that uh, I normally wouldn't have done. Yeah, because he beat it open with a hammer and a chisel, just like he did all the rest of it. You know, so, it's like, come it's on, been, guys, let's let's try this. It's been good, but yes, it's been it's been an interesting. Uh, like he, like Sid told uh, Gary, I think it was last week. Uh, he's harder on me than he is anybody else in the band. <laughs> Go figure. I'm the drummer. Right. Uh, the The first day I met Sid, uh, now this is uh, however you want to take it, be it sad, be it morbid, be it whatever. The day I met Sid, uh, I'd come to Tulsa. We'd talked a lot, but hadn't met face-to-face yet. I'd come to Tulsa because I got a phone call from my brother that said, hey, your mom's not going to make it through the night, you know, you need to get up here. Uh, 
So we came up that day, and uh, I, you know, spent the day with my mom uh, in a nursing home. She was pretty much, she was barely coherent, I don't think. But uh, the next day, uh, she passed early in the morning. Uh, so as the family were leaving the nursing home, Myself and my oldest nephew, we stayed behind uh, with her, and uh, I actually helped, you know, put my mother on the gurney and put her in the hearse to take her to the funeral home, and uh, that was in Claremont. And, uh, right after that, you know, not feeling too awful hot anyway, uh, I called Sid and said, hey, uh, are you at the studio? He goes, yeah, yeah, I'm up here. Uh, I said, well, I said, I kind of need to just be away for a little bit. You know, come on up, you know. So uh, I came up, and we uh, we uh, sat well, right over there, actually, where his drum kit was set. And uh, we sat and talked, and, uh, you know, he just, he kind of helped me through that, you know. And we, you know, we took pictures. I've got pictures of that day. I got pictures of me holding the snare that he, you know, recorded the horoscope album with. And, you know, uh, but that was kind of a real bonding time for, for me and Sid. Uh, even though we'd known each other for, you know, a year or so online. Uh, and I'd been in and out, but I had never, you know, he was either gone when I came through mm-hmm. or, uh, in fact, he called me from Dallas. Uh, and said, hey, I'm in Dallas. Overkill's playing the bomb factory. Why don't you come with me? I'm mean, we're going to dinner, you know. Just come with me. I'll introduce you to everybody. I was in Tulsa, and he was in Dallas. Yeah. I'm like, really, dude? Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, but I was up here seeing family. So, uh, but yeah, it's been... Uh, it's been interesting. I mean, he's got gold albums hanging on his wall. I don't. Uh, yeah. And one of the things that he told me that first day I met him that really stuck with me, because even though he's a he's he's a year almost a year younger than me, and everybody's younger than me, literally. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, he told me because our life has paralleled a lot of different ways. You know, from playing drums to you know, to different jobs that we've held, to our health issues, to just different, all, so many things parallels. And we were talking, I told him, said, yeah, you know, so many parallels, you know, <laughs> you got famous, I didn't, you know. And he looked me right in the face and went, you didn't miss anything, you know. And to hear that from, you know, somebody that's been there, you know, kind of made me feel not quite so bad. <laughs> you know, because I've busted my butt in this business. I've made a good living. I'm not a household name. He is. You know, so to hear that was like, you know, that's not so bad after all. And then when we got this band together and we had an opportunity to uh, work with him as a producer, and he's also engineering the album as well. Uh, so... It was it was kind of a no brainer to jump on that. I knew it would be not to cut you off. Did you ask him, or how did that come about? Uh, it came about uh, through Kelly, through the owner of uh, 
T-Town Productions here because we were talking about, you know, what we were going to do with trying to, to get the album done and, and, you know, production and this and that. And he goes, why don't you ask Sid? You know, he's a great engineer, good producer. He's not doing anything right now. You know, why don't you, why don't you talk to Sid? And yeah, okay. You know, I honestly, I never thought I'd stand a crying chance in hell getting Sid to, you know, produce our album. I mean, just to be quite honest with you. But, uh, you know, I called him up, and he came, and he met with me and Gary uh, here, at the, here at the studio. And, you know, he listened to some of our ideas, and, you know, we demoed some different ideas and stuff to him, which was probably the hardest thing for me was, you know, actually playing drums in front of him for the first time. Uh, that was a little intimidating, and, and I'm not a very easily intimidated person, but that was a little kind of set me back a few steps and, you know I guess you know well you know I hear this and I hear this and I hear this because you know we're going to do this you know this is you know the, the the business ground rules that he wanted to, to lay down and to whether you know whether we agreed to to those or not and uh you know me and Gary just kind of looked at each other and went yeah okay. you know that that makes perfect sense anyway you know he goes, well, you know, a lot of people don't see it that way. Yeah. Uh, that's a whole other episode of, you know, going through, you know, what we talked about that day. But, you know, we spent a lot of time, you know, laying out what we wanted from him and what he wanted from us. And it just kind of matched up really good. He's like, well, let's do the single, you know, through fruition, and let's see how it all works and how, you know, what I think about you guys, what you guys think about me, let's do this. And then at the end of that, we'll set back down and we'll decide whether we want to go forward or not, which was the same thing we did with Jerry, with the singer, you know, we won't do the single and, you know, and then at the end of all of that, we all sat down and went, yeah, you know, let's, let's make this happen. And, you know, it's, it's, God, the rest is history. Uh, it's not history yet, but it's uh, it's still in the making. But uh, it's been an interesting process. And I will say, uh, he is harder on me than he is on the rest of the guys. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, I think I've known him the longest. I spend the most time with him, and it's drummer to drummer. You know, I respect him. You know, I've learned a lot from him. Uh, just in the, the time we've been recording, uh, I'll, at the end of the day, I'll look at Gary and go, yeah, I had a 45 minute, you know, gold album drum lesson today that I couldn't have afforded to pay for any other way, <laughs> you know? And, uh, so I listen a lot, you know, we all listen a lot because he's, uh, there's probably only been one or two thoughts that he's had on what we're doing that we haven't adopted and, and move forward with. Uh, because at the end of the day, uh, it's all about making the music the best it can be. It's not about, you know, I'm not playing the drums to these songs to feed my ego. I'm playing them to the songs and to, to what's, you know, the best for the songs. And, uh, 
you know, and Gary's doing the same thing as far as guitar parts and so forth. It's 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 all about making the best album we can make at this point in our life, and it's actually coming along really really well. Uh, I'm proud of the single, uh, I, and I don't even think it's the strongest of the songs that, that we've written. It just happened to be the one that we finished first and, you know, thought, okay, this is one we want to concentrate on and make a good single. But some of the stuff that we've put together since then is just phenomenal. Boy, that wind's kicking up yeah, out sure there. <laughs> but uh, I thought, that, you know, the building farted there for a minute. But, right. uh, <laughs> As the wind comes and whipping down the plane. Yeah, but it's, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been very interesting and... At the same time, a bit disturbing because it's, you know, because I'm hard on myself anyway. Uh, always have been. And then to have Sid be as hard on me as he is, you know, and then Gary sitting over here, you know, when I can't remember shit from one point to the next going, what the fuck are you doing? But, you know, or to hear, you know, hear Sid come through the talk back mic into the drum booth going, what the fuck was that, dummy? <laughs> You know, yeah. in his, you know, strong Danish accent, and, and I'll politely, you know, flip him off and, <laughs> and go, "Can you feel this, Sid? Can, can you? Because you can't see me from the from the board, but we can hear one another. So, can you see? Can you feel this? Can you feel my finger in the air? You know. So, but we give each other a lot of shit." Every day, because like I said, I've been here pretty much seven days a week working on this thing. So I've spent a lot of time with Mr. Sid Falk. And, uh, you know, we've, we both have weird personalities and we, we both give each other shit all day long. But, you know, it's, it's a pleasantly disturbing experience. <laughs> it, it's probably the best way to put it. I just still have a boner about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, keep it away from me. <laughs> Thank you. Well, you've put, like you said, that's almost two months of time that you've been in here every day playing drums. Like, does it feel good to be able to take your time on this? Because a lot of people do albums and rush them three weeks or whatever, and you're it, it tracking does. everything, you know? And <clears throat> you're not, doing things a lot unconventional yeah as far as recording we're, we're actually we're doing some bizarre shit from it, from it, a it to b like recorded parts or do you just have scratch tracks that you're going we're just doing we're yeah you know, working on scratch tracks but yeah nothing's you know we're not using any samples or any tracks or anything Every, everything we're recording to is shit we play but he'll because our schedules are so weird a lot of the material that we're writing right now, I'm recording not knowing any of the lyrics, any of the vocal melody. I don't know what the bass lines are. I see. You know, I'm recording strictly to rhythm guitar. And when we get that recorded, even though it's just a scratch guitar, the drums are finalized, but the guitars are still scratch. We send them back to Texas to Rob, the bass player, and Jerry, the singer, so that they can start working on their stuff so that when they get up here, once 
all the rhythms and shit are done and they start putting their stuff down, they'll have an idea of, of what to do. But Gary and I are basically doing everything as we go. They're actually going to have a little bit of a step ahead when they get up here to do their stuff because they'll have already heard it and have had time to write parts to it. We're writing shit as we go. Yeah. So, and what we'll do is we'll, we'll, he and I will rehearse it and then we'll demo it to Sid and then Sid will make the structural changes and stuff that he thinks needs to be done and then we'll record it. You know, so it's, there's not a lot of time from, from writing to pre-production to final drum tracks. It's pretty much. So the other guys are going to have a little bit of a, of a step up. So, and I'm a really, I'm a very vocal oriented drummer anyway. So to be recording, not knowing what the vocal tracks are, what the vocal melodies are, that's the first time I've ever done that. It's also the first time I've ever recorded without writing the material and rehearsing it first before we go into the studio. It's been, it's always been, get all this done and come in and knock it out, like I said, you know, two, three weeks. But, uh... Yeah, didn't you, did you say on the last, I haven't listened to that in quite a while, but did you say you only have the, the vocals in your... Is that you said that? I yeah I do I do okay. vocals and rhythm guitar okay. is what I have in my monitors anyway. So writing to rhythm guitar is not such a, a big deal. I'm going to make Rob follow me anyway because I'm an ass, you know. So but Rob and I have worked long enough together in Rough Justice that he already knows pretty much how to work with me even though we're not recording at the same time. So he knows, he gets the, the scratch tracks, and he's recording, you know, his demos in his studio at home. So he'll have all of his thoughts for, you know, when he comes up, because everything is subject to change with Sid producing. You know, and that was one of the things that, that he, you know, in, the, in our initial production meeting said, I don't want none of you guys getting butt hurt. Because I know these are your babies, you know. Because and I'm gonna make your babies look bad. You know, so I don't want you getting all butt hurt about, you know, what if something's you know, gets changed or this and that. And on the first single actually there was a couple of double bass parts in there that I had written in it before Sid came in. And uh, I remember when we demoed those those songs to him, and that one in particular with the being the new single, I remember him kind of looking up and kind of, you know, the hand on the chin. He goes, how intimate are you with those double bass parts? So, not really. He goes, good, don't do them. Fuck, okay. You know, so, and in the end, Song sounded better for it anyway. So, you know, it's it's hard to it's really hard to argue with that kind of knowledge and, and experience and you know, even, you know, from a from a musician or, or any kind of point of view. Is he always right? Nope. 
Now, he won't tell you that because he's always right. <laughs> but, you know, am I always right? It, you know, it's all a conglomerate. You know, he always says, you know, if there's something that you guys just absolutely got to have, you know, then, you know, then that's what we're going to do. But my job is for you to try the different things and let's make this the best we can. You know, that's my job is to bring in the different parts for different ideas and, and make you guys think, you know, I'm not doing it for you. You know, I'm here to make you think and, and put this, you know, bring the best out in, in what we can get out of you at this particular point in time. So, and so far so good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually really pleased with, with everything. So, uh, you talked about Rocklahoma earlier. I mean, if what else, uh, as far as shows or tours that you can that you can say? Well, it's I can't really say anything yet because it's we're still in negotiations with a couple of different agencies as far as booking goes. So I'm not quite sure exactly what they're going to do, but I do know that we're looking at some uh, European stuff. Uh, near the, the end of summer. Now, whether or not that all materializes or not, I don't know. But that's what we're looking at. We're looking at, you know, trying to, uh, you know, take advantage of, of that market and the way they seem to like our stuff. Yeah. Ideally, I'd like to have our first show here. Mm-hmm. Wherever somebody will book us, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. We've got we've got one agency in Houston that's uh, talking to us. That's uh, actually offering us some some. They've made us some offers, some some pretty good money on some some shows, but we're not ready to start yeah. playing yet. Yeah. So uh, we've had to turn those down. But uh, so you know, and they're coming to us, that particular agency is, uh, because they've heard they've heard the material. So that's how that came about, was from the first single, which is what we had hoped would happen. Uh, not necessarily that specific thing, but get that single out and get it working for us while we're still, you know, finishing up the album so that, you know, we don't get the entire album done and, okay, now we're sitting here twiddling our thumbs waiting for shit to happen. Yeah. You know, get it out. You know, get get it working for us. Get people understanding who we are. Uh, so it's doing its job. It would be cool to uh, get a show together with bands local here to be able to showcase the new Tulsa Rocks Out. Um, there's a lot of good bands here that I think people would enjoy going out to seeing a bill with nothing but Tulsa bands on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's like our, like our singer, Jerry, he's, he's, he kind of coined the, 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 you know, cause there's the red dirt metal and, you know, the this and that, yeah. you know, he kind of coined the, uh, the Southern sleaze, you know, cause yeah. it's kind of, it's, it's not LA sleaze, you know, this is Southern Sleaze hard rock. I'm about redneck as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, 
But that's uh, what it is. Do you envision the rehearsal process being hard since you guys are all in different places, or is it just something once the touring stuff gets set, you guys will just come together? And yeah, we'll we'll have we'll have went through the stuff individually so many times. Uh, I've rarely played in a band where we rehearsed together all the time. It's always been get a recording of the song complete or take it home with you, practice on your own. You got a couple weeks, we'll come back together, we'll see where we're at. You know, hopefully everybody's done their homework. Then um, the process won't be that hard. Uh, I I would like to be able to get together all the time and play, but, you know, people got day jobs. Logistics are logistic, right. you know, and, you know, I'm the I'm the travel monkey road dog of the bunch, so I'm, I go where I'm needed, you know, so it's, uh, you know, I'll be rehearsing, you know, with, with Rob, you know, on bass and drums, and I'm in Dallas, and, you know, of course, Jerry, he's also a guitar player, so he's, you know, we'll probably do some rehearsing at my studio at home. Is he in Dallas? Or where yeah, he's in Dallas. He actually lives on the same street I do. We're only okay. like, but we're nine miles apart. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in North Dallas and he's in Mid-Dallas. You know, we're on the same road pretty yeah. much, yeah. which was quite ironic. You know, all the, you know, all the areas in Dallas that, you know, we could have lit, I mean, you'd have to go down the street I actually live on to the main street, which is seven lanes wide, and turn and go all the way down, turn left again, you know, nine miles away, and I'm at his house. <laughs> you know, it's just right there. So, but yeah, it's a little, it's a little different. But it's, uh, you know, we've got so many people, and I hate myself if I didn't mention it. We've got so many people here in Tulsa that believe in us and that are helping us out uh like kelly with t-town providing you know backline drum kit for me uh don sloan has been providing amplification for gary there's all these and, and there's there's more than i can even go through and list but from little things to to major things you know so many people are helping us out that that you know, believe in, in what we're doing and want to see us succeed succeed as, as, as much as we can. Now, do we have any, you know, delusions of grandeur of being the, the next big thing? Hell no, we don't. But <coughs> Just want to get out and have fun. Yeah. Would it piss us off if it happened? No. <laughs> but we're, we don't have any just, no, oh, we're going to go, we're going to be the, you know, we're all too old for that thought. Process too old, too old to be famous. Yeah, well, it's but never too old to be infamous. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, you don't have to be an icon to be iconic. <laughs> you know, so it's uh, it's just something that, and it's the way I've looked at my music career the entire my entire over forty year career. I didn't set out to be rich and famous. I set out to make a living doing what I want to do. I don't want to have to work a day job. I don't want to have to punch a time. Time clock scare the fuck out of me. Uh, I can't... Being in the studio, to me, is actually too much like a day job. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a road musician. But 
you know, coming here every day and working with Sid and, you know, playing drums every day, that's, that's great. But it's a means to me to get back on the road is what it is. You know, when I come in from Sand Springs where we're staying, I stop at the same quick trip every day on the way in, like I would if I was going to work. These guys know me, you know. Shit, when did this happen? You know, I'm not a studio cat. I'm a road musician. But in order for me to get back on the road and get this band on the road, I have to do my due diligence in the studio. Yeah. So it's been enjoyable, but it's also been a pain in my ass. You know, because I'm just not a big fan of being in the studio. But, you know, it's 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 what you do. So well, you mentioned all the groups here in Tulsa. You're from the area. You're here. But then you live in Dallas, and you have two guys from Texas. So, like, what would you call this? Would you call this band a Tulsa band, or would you call this band a mixture of Oklahoma and Texas? We're, we're someone kind ask of, you where you're from? We're kind of a crossbreed. Yeah. You know, uh, just like I've, I've been all over the world. Between I, the two of us, we've covered probably three-quarters of the Earth's surface anyway. But as far as the Tulsa band, Dallas band, uh, it's, it's if you can't tell by my cross-oaky Texan accent, uh, which makes me, makes my voice text, it hates me. I have to check it before I send it because it can come up with some weird shit. But, so I don't understand shit anyway. Yeah, <laughs> so... But it's, you know, we're proud to be both, you know. And as far as the founding members of the band, which are me and Gary, we're both from Tulsa, you know. So, in fact, when we first, when he first got back to Tulsa and I came up here for us to start writing songs, we went back to the very spot where we took a promo picture in the band that we were in 39 years ago and took a picture of me and him in our same poses 39 years later. So, which was which was quite fucking comical. Albeit a, probably 100 pounds heavier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's just me. That ain't counting you. You know, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was, you know, and we had to search it out because it had been so long ago. What was that band called? The Flight. Uh, it was uh, a high school band that I had in uh, Sepulpa that uh, did a few things in town. Uh, opened up for Eddie Money back in 1980 at the Canes. Uh, rented out the old Brook Theater on Peoria back when it was a performing arts center. Okay. And sold it out. Actually sold them out of beer before we even went on stage, and they thought we were going to have a riot. <laughs> um, the drummer in that band decided he wanted to move on and do something else. So Scott came in. We did something for a few months, just rehearsed really, and uh, the uh, lead singer of that band. Uh, Decided that they wanted to tell him that uh, 
Scott, uh, you're never going to make it in the music business because you're too old. And he was 21 at the time. <laughs> and he was like, well, you know what? Fuck you. And he quit. And uh, I played in a couple other bands uh, in the area. Um, I played in a band called Cutting Edge with, uh, I don't know if you remember him, uh, Dane Barrett, who was a drummer for uh, Sweating Bullets. Okay. And I think he played with Under the Gun for a while. He played in a band called Cutting Edge, and uh, that band probably the biggest claim to fame was we finished uh, second place in an old battle of the bands that was won by Oliver Magnum. Okay. Which uh, the story is that they took that money that they won from the... uh, Battle of the Bands to produce the first the record with. And uh, I bounced around job to job, band to band for a while and ended up deciding I wasn't going anywhere in life, so I joined the Army. <laughs> I uh, stopped playing because I was in the Army and it was something else that I was doing with my life and I uh, ended up uh, at one of my assignments in Italy and I ran into some guys in the uh, in the airborne uh, unit there that were musicians and uh, decided to get a band together and that band ended up doing uh, some shows on bass doing uh the 4th of July festivals for the Italian community and the uh, and the military community there. And uh, went to uh, the All-Army Battle of the Bands contest in Aberdeen, Maryland uh, in 93. <coughs> and uh, finished second place in the All-Army Battle of the Bands contest. Got my little special commendation from the European... <laughs> Command Sergeant Major of the Army there. Pretty good. And I uh, ended up uh, meeting a guy that was a civilian that was an ex-soldier that stayed there at the base in Italy. Ended up marrying an Italian girl and staying. I was at a a, uh, assignment at Fort Lewis in in Washington. Uh, I'm up in the barracks. I got a phone call on the payphone. Walford, you got a phone call. What the fuck? Who the fuck's calling me? This is my buddy in Italy. He had found out that I was uh, fixing the exit the service. He said, well, what are you going to do? I said, well, I don't fucking know. But he said, oh, I don't want to be in the Army anymore. That's eight years. Time to move on and do something else. I don't make a career of it. Said, well, why don't you come back here? We'll put a band together. So you know what? Why the fuck not? So I packed all my shit up, moved back to Italy, formed a band called Good Hooligan. That was uh, more of a West Coast punk band, like the uh, Fat Wreck uh, Records guys. Uh, no use for a name. Mm-hmm. No effects. Bands like that. And uh, did pretty well with that band. Ended up being uh, voted in uh, Rock Sound Magazine. It's a Italian rock and roll 
Eskimo Magazine as one of the top ten unsigned bands in the country. Uh, that band ended up morphing into more of what this band is doing. And uh, after about, I'd say probably 2008, uh, I got an offer to go to a, a new base to take over a struggling restaurant on base. And uh, I moved about 100 miles away, so it kind of made it really hard at the time to try to get together and do things. And I just, time, you know, being a restaurant manager, you know, having a day job and uh, sucking up a lot of my time. And uh, I uh, just lost the interest in playing. Just uh, didn't want to play out live, didn't want to write songs anymore, just play guitar for myself, you know, have fun like that. Well, Scott gives me a call and the rest is history. Yeah. I said, you know what? This is something that you've not done, the style of music. You know, it'd be a good experience for you. It'd be a good experience for me. It's uh, time to start doing something. And we introduced the band live online, what, March 31st? Yeah, yeah, something like that. So, we've We've covered a lot of ground since, you know, just March to now. Yeah. Uh, as far as the, the business end is concerned, uh, you know, we haven't uh, we haven't made a big noise, you know, doing live shows or anything. But as far as the laying the groundwork and, and you know, signing, you know, I was looking at a label in Germany. Uh, I was looking at DSN. I was looking at a, another label. Uh, you know, laying all the proper groundwork, you know, publishing and copyrights and, you know, deciding, you know, what we wanted to do and what label we wanted to go with and who could do us the most good and getting all of the business aspect of the, of the project done first, uh, you know, to make sure that if we were able to get anything going, we wouldn't get screwed, you know, uh, so uh, I think we've we've made a lot of a lot of a lot of ground, but uh, you know once we once we started writing and recording and so forth, uh, you know that's now you know that's to me it's taken a lot of time, but in the scheme of actually writing and recording a quality album, you know we're. As Sid said, we're making great time. Yeah. You know, and, you know, if he says we're making great time, then, okay, I'm going to go with that. So, what was know. really cool was Saturday night at the. Uh, <coughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Our, our rare night off. At the Vixen and uh, in the Iron Maiden show. Uh, there were a lot of people there that hadn't seen either one of us in. 30 plus years. Wow. Yeah, every time I turned around, somebody was grabbing me going, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, can I leave Dallas? You know, holy crap. I ain't seen you in forever. What are you doing? I'm up here recording an album. Really? I haven't seen you. I know, I've been working seven days a week. You know, and we actually worked earlier that day. 
So it wasn't like we had that whole day off. Well, who's playing with you? Well, well fucking Gary over there. Oh, Gary, fuck! What the fuck? You know. I haven't <laughs> seen him in years. You know, so it was... And I have to tell this story because he's not going to. No, well, I don't uh, know. Yeah. We're standing out front. He's smoking a cigarette. <laughs> and we're standing in the, you know, the chained off smoking area there at IDL Ballroom. And this blonde-headed girl walks up to Gary and goes, Hey, I'm gonna, I hate to be that guy. I'm going to be that, that guy. guy man, I'm going to be that guy. Straight out told me, I'm going to be that guy. And bums a cigarette off of him. Well, I had bought some of, some Iron Maiden stuff at the t-shirt booth, and I didn't want to carry it around, so I'd gone to the car to put it in the, in the, in the car. And this all happened while I was gone. But you continue that story because it's a good story. So I'm talking to this girl. And uh, I look down at her jacket and it has the Iron Maidens and Courtney on it. And the light bulb went off in my fucking head. And I went, oh, so yes, you are that guy. So we bonded over a cigarette and Shot the shit. And of course, for those of you that are not following on, yes, that was Courtney Cox from the Iron Maidens that bummed a cigarette off of <laughs> Gary. And, uh, it, yeah, it was uh, taking selfies and meeting a new friend. And and she's cool as hell, by the way. Cool as shit. I yeah, mean, shit. she is she is as cool as she is an awesome guitarist. I mean, it was just, in fact, that's uh, that's Linda McDonald and Courtney Cox that autographed my arm under my test hat. So, I thought he was going to get his titty signed, but... Well, I didn't want to, I didn't want to fuck him up too bad, so, but, uh, but when we were, uh, when they were uh, at their t-shirt booth after the show, signing stuff... I'm standing over to the side, uh, just kind of watching, you know, how the merch area at IDL Ballroom is up, up the steps and in between that rail. And Gary was standing in front of me, and Vixen was on stage, so it was loud. And I just kind of watch him walk off, and he goes over. He's behind the rail, you know, still down on the floor, and he, you know, gets eye contact with Courtney, and he just holds up one of his guitar picks. All he does, holds up a guitar pick. You know, Courtney's like, oh, wait a minute. And I'm watching her, you know. She gets behind her, gets her purse, gets her wallet out, pulls a pick out of her wallet, and hands it over to Gary over across the, the thing. I'm like, really? Are you kidding me? No words exchanged, no nothing. Just shows her a pick. She stops signing autographs for people to get him a pick. A Jedi, out of her purse. A nice. Jedi mind tricker. Yeah, it's a guitarist. But yeah, it was just it was just this this uh, you know Vulcan mind melt thing that that was going on between them. But you know everybody was just so so awesome that night because we just don't get to take a lot of time off because you know with me with MS every time we get done in the studio especially on a on a weekend he's wiped out. You know it's like oh let's go see some bands. 
You know, we'll talk about it all day while we're in the studio. Well, who's playing tonight? By the time we get done, it's like, fuck it, dude. I got to go to bed. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, if I'm going to be in here in the morning, I ain't going to make it. You know, like, oh, shit, because I really wanted to go out. And the same thing happens to me in Dallas. I mean, hardly anybody sees me, you know, in Dallas at any local shows because I have to prioritize my, my energy. I can only, I have to use it for what it has to be used for, not for what I want to use it for. You know, I'd love to go out and see more bands, but if I do, that cuts into my rehearsal time, my personal rehearsal time, my, everything that I have to do to for you know, my own stuff that I, I'm trying to do. So I don't get to go see a bunch of bands like I used to, which sucks because I want to see people, but I have to prioritize what I do. I just thought it was cool that after 30 plus years that people are still interested in what we're going to be doing. Yeah. And that people are generally wanting to see what this band is capable of doing. (laughs) Including us. Yeah. (laughs) Might not be worth a shit. Yeah. We better find out. But we're going to give it a fucking try. (laughs) Uh, Next time, I might even tell you the story about how I got locked in my own trunk going to a drive-in porno theater. (laughs) You should have led with that. (laughs) Damn it, Gary. Yeah, well, save that for after the album comes out. Uh, We want people to buy a few things first. (laughs) Then you can tell them that. I don't know know how many of y'all remember the old Capri driver. Oh, I do, because I got my ass chewed out many a time for going there with the band name all across the side of my van. Charles Page Boulevard. I've heard of it, but I don't. Yeah, know. that was before my time. Back in the day, <laughs> it, it, it was it was it was just a regular drive-in theater. I, I remember seeing True Grit with my mom and dad, and uh, and then you went and saw True Grit with some chick, right? But <laughs> it was the, it was the porno version yeah. of that, right? <laughs> I, uh, I had to fuck that right up, didn't I? <laughs> Called true dick or true yeah, yeah, no, that's it, like you know going <laughs> to the Disney. Go. Yeah, going to <laughs> going to the Disney. You know, go see the Disney movies. You know, go see you know Pocahontas, and then you turn around. Oh, the God. porn version comes out. It's poker anus. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like really. But yeah, I uh, <laughs> I remember there was one called Pump Fiction. Pump Fiction. Yeah, Forest Hump. <laughs> that's a classic. I haven't seen that one. Very yeah, much right. so. Yeah, right. I probably have. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing yeah, that I'm a connoisseur. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you ain't got nothing on Bobby Alonzo. My old oh, bass player. Wow. Original oh, bass player yeah. from Rough Justice. Oh, I don't know. You know, because he actually got us. They well, don't call me Nasty G for nothing. Yeah, well. You know, because just a, a bit of porn and band trivia for everybody. <laughs> so Our... The guy that handled our merchandise in the original Rough Justice and uh, during the No Justice, No Peace tour, uh, him and Bobby got a hold of Ashland Gear, which was Adult Entertainer of the Year 1995. Well, she wore a Rough Justice t-shirt in Sex After 7-3, I think it was. And first thing you see when the camera opens when the when the you know the 
the movie starts is the back of our t-shirt, her walking up these steps. <laughs> and she was in and out of our t-shirt probably 40 times in this movie. So, and then we ended up being her uh, guests of honor at the Caligula in Dallas uh, when she was doing one of her, uh, you know, tours of the different strip clubs around over the country. Special. So, it was uh, just just a bit of trivia. So, anybody that wants to go get, you know, Ashlyn Gear, Sex After 7-3, uh, our merch is in it. So, <laughs> I know all you horny motherfuckers will be going and trying to download it off Pornhub. Okay? Yeah, so you know, right so, ahead. <laughs> but uh, just as a little bit of trivia there, you know, so uh, that's that's a way to wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're unwrapping, Harry. You want to look at it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, well, guys, thanks. We appreciate yeah, thanks. you coming out yeah, and uh, definitely, yeah. you know, giving us an opportunity yeah. to, uh, you know, you know, kind of give you just a little bit of what we're doing. There you go, Scott and Gary of Outlaw Devils. A big thank you to them for taking some time out and having us over to the studio to talk about everything they've got going on. That was a pretty good one. And glad to sit down and hear about the Outlaw Devils. Yeah, always some good stories, so definitely. Yeah. Speaking of, I mean, we alluded to it there early on in that one, I think, but Scott was on this podcast earlier, and it's been quite a while now. It was episode 73. Yeah, it was when uh, Death Grip was going. Yeah, and he had that coming soon, and now that episode actually featured Mike DiPetrillo of Driver as well, who's been on this podcast four times, I think, now, or maybe five. But anyway, so go check those episodes out. Like we mentioned before the interview, Sid Falk, who you heard a lot about in that interview, was on this podcast as well, and he had a lot of great stuff to talk about. And... He recently had surgery, and so we hope he's doing great. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he's had some some health issues in recent years, but he keeps going strong because the man is the definition of a badass. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, so five times in the podcast should should if somebody's on this show five times, should they get like a special jacket like the five timers do on SNL? Yes. Okay. We need to. Well, how many the five timers club? Yeah, that's like Deep Trillo and. Uh, Adam Jode? Yeah, yeah. I feel like there might be one other one I'm not thinking. Severmind's getting close. I think they're... Are they three or I four? I think it's just three. Because we had the one early on and then 100 Stacy Lane, though, has been on. Oh, that's right. He's four. So, so if we got him on, he'd be in the Five-Timers Club. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's someone else like that we're forgetting. But anyway, there's a few of them now. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, any of those episodes and tons more, if you want to... Check out some past episodes. We would appreciate it and love it. This was episode 241, so that means you got 240 episodes you could binge. That might take you a while, but just search it, dig through it, and see who's been on and who you want to hear. Just this past week, we had Dizzy Reed from Guns and Fucking Roses. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's that's huge, man. It is, and we had Kenny Hickey from Typo Negative. That's amazing. Just saying those two things alone are like... More than I ever thought we'd say when we started this podcast four and a half years ago. So, very cool. We recently, this past summer, had on Vivian Campbell, Def Leppard, and Last in Line. Recently, we had on Alan Robert of Life of Agony. We've had on guys from, we've had on Kirk Winstein a couple times, from Crowbar and Down. We've had on guys from Sons of Texas, Shinedown. Dave Elfson from Megadeth. 
Bruce Kulik. He used to be in Kiss. He's now in Grand Funk Railroad. And he's also in a battle with his brother. Oh, man. Who Jason likes to talk about. God, go look that up. <laughs> if you want to be entertained. Yeah. Shit. We've also had on guys from Warrant, Firehouse, Europe, Dockin', Great White, Junkyard Kicks, Fat on Some Heavy Stuff like Seven Dust, uh, I Hate God. Jimmy Bauer's been on here, who's been in several bands you know and love, like I Hate God, Down, Superjoint. Also had on Steven Taylor from both Superjoint and Philip H. and Summo and the Illegals. Hell yeah. Yeah. And just many, many more. So go back, dig through that, soundcloud.com backslash thunderdash underground, Mixcloud, iTunes, Google Music, Tuner, TuneIn, sorry, Stitcher. You can also listen to everything off our website at thethunderunderground.com. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And get on YouTube and subscribe. It's at the Thunder Underground. You can find a lot of the episodes there, and you can also find stuff that's exclusive to YouTube, like... We've got a lot of videos of us reviewing new albums when they come out, new songs, concert reviews, all that kind of great stuff. So get on there and check that out. All that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this this has probably been a lengthy one. So anything else to say before we hit the road? I think that's it. All right. Until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>